It's the Ringer NFL show brought to you by DirecTV. Kevin Clark and Robert Mays here with you, and we've got some great news for NFL fans. DirecTV has expanded NFL Sunday Ticket this season, so if you live in an apartment or are enrolled in college, you can now get Sunday Ticket without a satellite. Big time. This is extremely important news for both of us. We cannot get a satellite. We're, we're millennials. That's just how it works. We can't have anything. No. Now we have every NFL game at our fingertips. You can watch more than the Chicago Bears. Which is very important to my long-term happiness. And health. Yes. Well, health is already out the window. <laughs> I've just kind of given up on that side of things. And I can watch more than just the Los Angeles Rams and Los Angeles Chargers. Which is still baffling. I didn't know their training camps were eight minutes apart from each other. I just did this recently. It makes no sense. There was no team at Los Angeles, and now there are two within like six minutes of each other. I know that's not where they play and everything else, but I still don't get it. Wait, the Rams practice? Yes, they do. I watched it happen. Hmm. Okay. Plus, you can get access to our favorite thing in the world, the Red Zone Channel, which, incidentally, Sammy Watkins will never be on. The Rams will never be on the Red Zone Channel. No. There's another channel maybe coming where he's just indicating that he's open and never gets the ball. <laughs> they have Watkins def- Cam. They have defensive touchdowns on the Red Zone Channel, though, right? Undelay. Different sort of what happened at the Coliseum. No Aaron Donald though, so I assume there those are gonna be fewer and further between as well. There'll be none of those. Golf pick sixes. To see if you're eligible, go online to NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code RINGER at checkout to save 15%. We also want to tell you guys about this new fantasy football app called Sleeperbot. I just started playing around with it the other day. And it is one of the most active sports apps I've ever seen. There are other people talking about 24-7 football, just like we are. It seems really cool. This app provides the fastest break news alerts and keeps you informed on pretty much everything happening in football, which is great this week because guys are winning jobs, getting traded, or being cut left and right. And once we get into the regular season, SleeperBot offers real-time scores, stats, and play-by-plays on game day, and even hosts its own season-long fantasy leagues, which you can play with friends. You seriously have to check it out if you're playing fantasy football this season and planning to win. I'm not sure how we went without this app all these years. If you download it, just search SleeperBot in the App Store. Welcome to the Ringer NFL Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. We are sponsored by DirecTV and the awesome Sunday NFL Ticket Package, as always. Kevin, final week of the preseason is upon us, and guess what's so great about the final week of the preseason? It's it a final, barely it's matters. It's the final week of the preseason. <laughs> There's a genre of football nerd take out there right now, which is that the 90-man roster stays intact throughout the fourth preseason game. Now, that's a big change. You used to have the 75-man cut before that, and so people were saying, well, the fourth preseason game is going to matter more because guys are going to be fighting for jobs. It's third string or second string. I am not in agreement with those people. I still don't care. Two long snappers got traded yesterday. We have reached a point in the preseason where my eyes start to glaze over. And part of this problem is that the third preseason game, there's tons of starters playing in these games. And we had a lot of starters get hurt this weekend. So that is the most important thing that happened. That's so depressing. I'm just so done with this. My eyes glazed over on like August 3rd. Yeah, it's totally understandable. All right. Again, we come to you guys on Tuesdays and Fridays. We'll be back with our last or second to last preseason show of the week next week. Second to last one on Friday. And then Tuesday, we will wrap up these 33 questions. We're going to go out a little. We're going to kind of take a step back. You know, we've been doing some player specific stuff. We will do some player specific stuff as we look forward and kind of dig down into the specifics, winners, everything else. But we're going to zoom out a little bit for this show and talk more about the big picture, some contenders, 
who can actually do some stuff. But before that, let's swing back around to those preseason injuries, Kevin, because I think it would be remiss not to mention some of the bigger ones that have happened so far. So our 24th question, our first one of today, which preseason injury, whether from this weekend or a little bit earlier, do you think is going to have the biggest impact this season? So obviously the big news, Julian Edelman is just a huge blow to the Patriots. Yes. However, if you look at the context of the Patriots, is any team more equipped? I mean, we talked about this with Derek Rivers last week. Is any team more equipped, you know, the old cliches, next man up or whatever, and usually it's it's not true. Usually next man up is some terrible undrafted free agent who who is going to get you one-third of the production no matter what the position. With Julian Edelman, not only did you trade for Brandon Cooks, you have Chris Hogan, who took the top off defenses in a way uh, that impressed pretty much everybody in the NFL last year, especially against Baltimore in the playoffs, won them a playoff game. So I don't think that's going to be the biggest impact. We can get into to, to your selections in a second. But for me, I look more at like the Toronto Armsteads where, you know, I talk about this all the time, but there, there was a study a couple of years ago, two years ago, where, where they talked about the most important positions as far as injuries go and when when guys go out, what happens uh, from a positional standpoint. And quarterback was number one. Obviously, I think you lost four games per season if you lost your quarterback. And right behind it was tackle. And you can't lose your tackle. We saw that with Lane Johnson last year in Philadelphia. Carson Wentz looks like you know Dan Marino back there in 1984, and all of a sudden they lose Lane Johnson for, for 10 games, and he looks terrible. And, and we'll see what happens when Johnson comes back this year. But... For Drew Brees, you got to stand up right. Obviously, he has the quickest release in the NFL, but I mean, you just can't take that sort of pressure. I think the Armstead injury, we're going to look back on and say, man, really wish we didn't have that guy with the torn labrum. That one hurts just because Tron Armstead's so good when he's healthy, but I think a couple of different reasons for the Saints that they can kind of overcome that in a way other teams might not be able to. One, on that team, it's always been more important to have solid interior protection than solid sure. exterior protection. You do want tackles, but it doesn't matter as much for them just because of, again, how well Drew Brees gets the ball out, stuff like that. Two, they drafted Ryan Ramchick in the first round. Yep. I mean, they had depth there mostly because they were planning for Zach Streep to eventually leave. But in this case, now you get to slide him in at left tackle. He's a rookie. I mean, the shirt, he's not Teron Armstead. It's not going to go can, can as I say well. Something very briefly. A lot of crap. No, you can't. A <laughs> lot of crappy. I'm not saying he's going to be this. A lot of crappy first round offensive linemen in the last like three of or four course. years. Absolutely. I don't know. But, I, I, we know why that's happening as far as the college development. That's a, that's a whole nother show. But the this whole this last three or four years have been a lot of scenarios. Well, they drafted this guy. We're going to be fine. And the guy is just complete horseshit. Like that, yeah. that's happened a lot in the last three years. That's fine, but that's a better contingency plan than most teams can try no, out there. And, and I'm going to include a team that has a first round tackle, but it's not a guy we've seen. Not, we're not a guy. It's a guy we've seen. You know, the Lions also have a backup left tackle. He was also drafted in the first round, but it's Greg Robinson and he's been terrible for his entire career. At least we haven't seen Ryan Ramchek fail over and over again, which is why I think you could argue that the Lions losing Taylor Decker is more impactful than the Saints losing Teron Armstead. See the Lions cut Cyrus Quanjo? Cyrus Quanjo has had a rough go of it so far. Speaking of just awful draft picks, you're going to start with Cyrus Quanjo. Second round pick basically never contributed. Yeah, those offensive linemen that come into the league already hurt typically don't turn out super well. And apparently, if they come in healthy, they suck too. Everybody... Yeah, I- I mean, I don't, there's an offensive line crisis in the NFL, FYI. 
That's true. So when you lose them, it's bad. But when they're rookies that we haven't seen be terrible yet that were drafted in the first round, it's not as bad as it could be for other teams. I agree with that. Obviously, you have to mention Tannehill just because we don't know what Cutler is going to be. Even though Jay Cutler is not the worst replacement quarterback, I still feel like that offense had a chance to be really good with Tannehill. We'll get to a question a little bit later about teams we think can make some noise late in the season. I feel like losing Tannehill takes the Dolphins out of that conversation almost instantly. Yeah, I mean, they certainly they're, they're it takes them out of the divisional race for sure. And, and obviously, when you trade for <laughs> Brandon Cooks, out of yeah, the divisional I mean, race. They, 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 when, when you trade for Brandon Cooks and you have the New England Patriots, you're sort of out of the division race already. I'm saying it takes them out of the 11 to 12 win range. We talked last week about my belief that Jay Culler can get them to eight wins. I still believe in that, but that's that's not exactly a lofty goal. I don't think that defense is going to be good enough to overcome an offense that isn't great. I felt like with Tannehill, they had a chance to be that. Now I think the ceiling is lower. The other guy, and speaking of Jay Cutler, that I would throw out there, Julian Edelman's the biggest name pass catcher that went down this weekend. Cam Meredith was the most important pass catcher to his team's individual success as an offense. You know, I know that that success won't even hold a candle to what the Patriots are going to do. But when you consider what else the Bears have, they couldn't afford an injury at that position. So now you're talking about Kendall Wright, you know, maybe stepping in and doing some stuff there. But on the outside, it's a rough situation. I mean, they have Kevin White and not much else. And we haven't exactly seen Kevin White do much in his career. Yeah, I mean, the the, the Meredith injury, we went, we joked. Danny Kelly and I joked basically all of last year about how we didn't know what Cameron Meredith was. And, and, and in all seriousness, it says a lot about the guy's development that when he went down, I mean, everybody's saying this is a devastating injury for the Bears. And so I, I just, this smells like, like two and 14, Robert. I, I disagree with that. I think they're going to be much better than that. But I do think that this has a cascading effect in a certain way. So you put Marcus Wheaton, say, in for Can I tell you what's going to happen? They're going to go like two and seven, and then they're going to fire John Fox, and then some interim coach is going to go and is going to lose the rest of the way. I mean, honestly, that's fine with me. Okay. All things considered. I'm just letting you know what's going to happen. I I don't think that's going to happen. The defense is going to be too good for that to happen. But my worry now is that, so you have, say, Marcus Wheaton come in for Cam Meredith. And these are what, this is what injuries do, right? They have cascading effects. They start to affect more things than just the position where the guy got hurt. So let's say that happens. Now you do bring Trubisky in. Now his development gets stunted because he has worse players to throw to. It's just this is the type of stuff I didn't want to see. You know, coming into the year, I felt like they had a chance to be better than people thought. But now Pernell McPhee is not playing. Now Cameron is out for the year. It's just a team that wasn't deep enough to take on these sorts of injuries. And now it just... What am I excited about? Trubisky comes in and does one good thing a game until you know they go four and twelve. It's fun. I'm, I'm glad this is how the year has begun. What a season! What a franchise! Yeah, big big time stuff. A lot of excitement going around. Really, the only thing to care about is whether number ten ends up being good. Is there anybody else you wanted to throw out there? No, I mean I, I do I do think that the uh, I mean I, I'm not too worried about Spencer Ware. Yeah, that's just a, a position where you can have somebody come in and play well. Also, a spot where they drafted somebody. Yep. You know, we thought Kareem Hunt was going to have an impact anyway. It's not spe- as if Spencer Ware. Yeah, they have weapons. And, and Randy Reed is so is such a good coach. And Matt Nagy, the offensive coordinator, is so flexible. They'll, they'll figure out a way just to get t- the, the ball in, in Hill's hands 10 times. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's not as if Spencer Ware was this 
super high pedigree guy they couldn't afford to lose. Spencer was a sixth round pick that just kind of stumbled in there and did some stuff. I mean, Kareem Hunt is a better prospect than Spencer Ware ever was. So that's not something I'm worried about. The only thing I'm worried about there is if Spencer Ware, or excuse me, if Kareem Hunt got picked up for nothing in your fantasy league and he suddenly makes another team much better than they should have been. Right. That, that's the most impact that's going to have. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, that's 99% of things go. And this is a Cameron Meredith thing, too. I mean, the, these will have more of an impact on fantasy leagues than they do on, on the NFL as a whole. I mean, Meredith is a great player or a good player for the Bears. But like, you know, the, the playoff race is not rising or falling based on that. Absolutely. All right, Kevin, when you host a podcast like us, people tend to ask for advice. Usually it's what team to bet on this week. You have the Patriots, or the Steelers, Lions or the Bears. The answer is Detroit. Yeah, definitely now. I mean, after we just talked about it, absolutely is. Yeah, but also where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. That's why we send people to mybookie.ag. MyBookie has been in business for years, and the reputation is rock solid. They do 100% cash bonuses, which is important. So off the bat, you're making money for doing nothing. And they have the fastest payouts. Seriously, it's just two business days. So lay down some cash and win big today. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and an all-new mobile site that makes wagering on the go a breeze. So join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit with up to 100% bonus. Just visit mybookie.ag and use the promo code RINGERNFL to activate. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, so let's get away from the Bears and you know, teams that have injuries that aren't going to matter and start talking about some teams that we think will. Yeah. So this is one of those points in the season, especially in the preseason, where we start talking about things we find interesting or kind of curiosities about. And in a way it causes us to ignore the teams that are the best teams yeah. <laughs> like, because we know what some of these teams are and we just treat them as known quantities. We kind of pencil them in. So for some reason, the teams that are going to matter in January and maybe even February are the teams that are not teams. We hit the most in August. So that's what's what our 25th question is going to revolve around. Which of these contenders are we not talking about enough? And I want to spin this two ways. Which contender are we not talking about enough because they're going to be better than we think they are? And we should be talking about them right up there with New England and Pittsburgh and whatever. And which contender are we not talking about enough because we shouldn't necessarily be treating them as a team we should pencil in? Okay, so we had a lengthy discussion about this. I like your your two selections. We have a lot of a, a large sample size now at this point of teams we talk about as teams we're going to win in 2017. One team we have not talked nearly enough about is the Atlanta Falcons. We have seemed to gloss over them. I've this is me. This is a me problem. It's not you. It's me. No, it's a me problem too. It's because I, problem. I just think that I, I, I regression and whatever else, and they just don't seem as dangerous to me compared to the team we saw last year. And, and what's odd to me is even though they're so visually arresting and they're so exciting, Julio Jones is the man and Devonta Freeman, Matt Ryan, they play a great, exciting brand of football. They almost seem a little boring to me because they do the same. There's no X factor there. Does that make sense? Yeah. And all the players are players we know. You know, yeah. there's no guy on that offense where it's like, well, what if so-and-so just has this huge year? I mean, we know what that offense looked like. We saw the best version of it. So there's no way to kind of project and I feel like that's what we like to do this time of year is what's going to be different. And literally the best possible thing that could happen with the Falcons offense is that it's not different. 
Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and so that that's you, you look at Christian McCaffrey in Carolina. Exactly. I've talked about talked about him and wrote, written an article, two articles on him at this point in the offseason. I have not really spent much time on the Falcons at all because they're a known quantity. Yeah, and so my problem is that I wrote out every single player on the Falcons last year, so I'm out of options. I loved your Aldrick Robinson six thousand word profile, Robert. It's, um, well, that hasn't run yet, but yeah, I still can't holding. do it. It's holding. Yeah. Um, so for me, I just you know, Vic Beasley. We've talked many times about about how much I love that guy. I think the defense is going to be good. I know that Steve Sarkeesian is pretty much objectively a downgrade from from Kyle Shanahan. I don't think that will matter enough. You and Mike Lombardi are both co-presidents of the, the Kyle Shanahan fan club, along with along with John Lynch, I might add. And so I, I, I just I, I think they're going to have enough to get back to 10 or 11 wins. And once you get into the playoffs, kind of anything can happen. But here's the thing, though. I feel like the, the point I just made about the offense, the opposite is true about the defense. Like, so I'm not that excited about what the offense is going to be solely because it can't be better than the one we've already seen. But the reason to be excited about Atlanta is that the defense has a chance to do something like that. Sure, There's so many young guys over there that you can see a lot of them taking a step forward to kind of make this the exciting that unit that we really talk McKinley about. McKinley could be when you say, oh, well, they, you know, they don't have anybody in offense. You're just going to ball out. McKinley might be that guy on defense. Well, McKinley, but he's not the only one. I mean, let's see, like, what if Dontari Poe is a really nice year? You know, he's made a couple oh, of nice I, I, plays he was, during he's the preseason. Been, he's been my bargain signing all year. And during the preseason, he's already done some stuff. I've watched him kind of change the line of scrimmage in a way they didn't have anybody that could do it last year. The run defense is very poor. You know, he has a chance to help shore that up. You think about what Deion Jones could be in year two after how well he came along last year. The fact that they didn't have Desmond, Desmond Trufant last year. He's the best player on that defense, potentially, and now he's back. Keanu Neal in year two. They have a ton of exciting young players on that side of the ball. So they got, uh, and this is all credit to, to Dan Quinn, Thomas Dimitrov, and Scott Pioli. They went, in, they got incredibly athletic really fast. Yes. Really quickly. And they hit. You know, you can got, yeah, draft guys that on are athletes. I mean, like yes. guys, guys like Deion Jones, guys like Keanu Neal, guys like, I mean, I, who know, McKinley looks okay in the preseason, but, but who knows about that? But I mean, they are hitting on these athletes and that's why they, they are going to be sustainable for a couple of years. And one of the things that, you know, we can talk about the young guys all we want because that's what's exciting. But I feel like the underrated thing about why this defense could be much better is that they got hurt up front last year. You, you didn't have Derek Shelby, who was, they gave a decent amount of money in the offseason last season. You didn't have Adrian Claiborne. You, they didn't have these guys that really kind of make or break a defense down the stretch. Players that aren't necessarily the stars, but depth at a position where depth matters more than maybe anywhere else on the field, just because you're playing more of these guys. So I just feel like you have four or five factors falling into place that could make this unit really exciting. So even if the offense does take, which I feel is an accept, like just an expected step back, something that's guaranteed, that defense could be enough where this is another team that they win 12 games again. They get home field advantage again. They get to play in that brand new stadium and it becomes a huge deal. So I, I think you're right. I mean, we're not talking enough about them because we saw the Falcons make their jump. Maybe they'll get one of those Saturday playoff games and they'll get to eat the Chick-fil-A thing. <laughs> you think that's what they want? They care that's more what, about that than getting in, a buy. All in for the Saturday wild card game. The team that I'm going to throw out there is we're not talking about them for similar reasons, just because they made their jump like five years ago. So they're no longer exciting. The Seattle Seahawks more or less have the same core they've had forever. 
So we're on, you know, half a decade of not caring whether or not somebody's going to burst out because they already all have. So defensively, you know, we're working with the same guys, more or less. I mean, these are the players that have made this unit one of the best of all time. I, I, I feel comfortable saying that the run that they went on stacks up with most of the great defenses we've ever seen. And again, these are the same sorts of players. But the offense has a couple guys that you could make an argument that that's not necessarily true. You know, Paul Richardson just started making a ridiculous catch a week last season. He's a guy that you should be excited about. If he stays healthy, he could add a dynamic that they could really use. And the other guy is CJ Precise. Mm -hmm. I mean, we saw what he did in limited action last year. So I know that the offensive line is the offensive line. Losing Fant, we probably should have thrown that out in one of the more impactful yeah, injuries. Yeah, I thought about that. That's I a mean, Reese Hedebo is not a guy that's going to be able to step in for George Fant no matter what you think of George Fant. So the offensive line is a constant question mark. I'm sorry. But I, I, I just want to say it's a really bad sign if no one can step in for George Fant. <laughs> yeah. Like, this again, is bad. How, however good the Atlanta defensive line depth might be, that's how bad the this Seattle offensive line depth is. going to be bad. Okay, keep going. So I just think that even with that, and because that's what we do every year, even with that, they're going to be okay. I think that if Earl Thomas is able to play last year, it doesn't really matter that the offensive line is really terrible. That team is going to be around when it matters. I mean, we've talked about this many times. Earl Thomas is as valuable a player as there is in the NFL. Do you know that five... Five Seattle Seahawks have gotten that uh, German blood manipulation thing going on in camp. Five? Five of them. It's Which Cl ones? Uh, Cliff Averill, Jokel, Lockett, KJ Wright. I guess it's a DJ. Apparently the whole team's gotten it. So it used to be called orthokine in 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 germany and pete carroll has innovated it's like placement it. it's like platelet replacement platelet yeah. platelet replacement was, that's really good that's a podcast word for a while in america but maybe they modified it a little bit pete carroll is referring to it as regenokine that sounds legal yeah um this is this is the podcast version of us just slowly backing away from this topic <laughs> yep i yep. just wanted to throw it out there well, I mean, none of those guys are actively injured, correct? Well, now they're regenerated. So even if they were, <laughs> they're fine. Are, do, are, do you think that are, are you with me on this? Do you yes, think that's yeah, okay? We, I'm I mean, just making that, sure. That, yeah, of course. I love the Seahawks. I love I mean, I, I still think that Russell Wilson has the capability on his best day to be the best quarterback in the totally. NFL when, 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 when he is at his absolute peak and they go four wide and, and he has the weapons. I mean, it all comes down to the offensive line and the run game. The offensive line. You know, he's Russell Wilson. We may look back on this era of Seahawks football and look at the way they treated their offensive line as one of those football malpractice things because he had the protection early in his career. We're not really giving them enough heat for what they're putting around Wilson. I know he can climb the pocket. I know he can scramble. I know he can do all this stuff, but he's got to get the protection he had earlier in his career. I mean, it's not Andrew Luck bad, but but it's it's not. You know, he's not Derek whoa, whoa, Carr whoa. right it now. It absolutely is Andrew Luck bad. No, no, no. I'm saying that Wilson has the ability to 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 play better than Luck does behind a bad offensive line. I'm saying it's not it's not just a complete breakdown of the offense. Yeah, he's more elusive. Yeah, they're not necessarily as built on as many deep shots now as they used to be. You know, they with the luck and everything else, it's a lot of deep developing stuff just yeah. without play action. Early in Wilson's career, there's a lot of play action, but the line was better. You know, we saw when he was really good, like you said, they're getting the ball out a little quicker. With luck, the malpractice is from top to bottom, the way the team is organized. 
But with Wilson, it's really just the offensive line. Yeah. I mean, in a vacuum, the Wilson's line is Andrew Luck bad. I'm just talking about the offense, probably the infrastructure, probably his ability to overcome that. I mean, yeah, that's Andrew, totally fair. Andrew Luck, when the, when the hell is he going to play again? I mean, I don't think it's anytime soon, and I don't really blame them. I don't think that team is good enough for it to matter, and why would you risk getting him hurt? More time, more time to come on the Ringer NFL show. Yeah, that's right, which I, he cares more about. I, he enjoys more than playing football at this point. He doesn't care more about it. Let me make that clear. All right, buddy, who's the team you think we're talking about not enough because we shouldn't just write them in as a Super Bowl contender that's up there with everybody else. So your selection is my number one selection, but I'm I'm going to go with my number my 1B selection here. That's fair. I'm sorry for stealing it from you. Whoever well, well inside baseball, whoever gets the Google Doc first gets uh gets first pick. <laughs> all right. So quick on the trigger. It's, yeah, matters. On, it's like Jeopardy. Um all right. <laughs> it's the Oakland Raiders for me and, and I love the Oakland Raiders. I spent a lot of time with them last year. Derek Carr is as good a young quarterback as there is. Obviously, the the financial backing that they put behind him shows that. Khalil Mack is is my favorite defender in the league. The offensive line is great. Their Achilles heel last year, there's two issues I have with the Oakland Raiders. Number one, their Achilles heel last year was the defense. They addressed that in some ways with a guy like Gary and Conley. Conley's been hurt uh, in preseason. He has suggested maybe the general manager of the team was lying about his injury, um, which which seems good. It's um, a good start it's for a, a rookie. It's a great start. You got yeah. to. When they do like the rookie symposium and stuff, the number one piece of advice is they are just accuse the GM of lying as soon as you get there. It's number it's one, one thing. Yeah, it's one of the first tenets of playing in the league. Thing. Uh, he's expected to play week one. I don't know how that goes. And so I, I still worry about their defense. And then the other thing is, man, Derek Carr broke his leg last year, and it was in December. And I know that, that those sort of breaks can, can heal pretty cleanly. But, I mean, I, I want to see Derek Carr. And so this idea that they're going to be penciled in again as, as AFC West champion, they may, may very well be. And when we do our prediction show, I may pick them. But I'm not, I'm not gung-ho about the Oakland Raiders in 2017 at this point. Yeah, It's not just that the offensive, or excuse me, that the secondary was a problem last year. Their front seven is not necessarily full of superstars. And that one, hasn't changed it's much. One. And Bruce yeah. Irvin was okay. Yeah, Bruce Irvin was okay. And we've talked about Mario Edwards. I feel like him coming back and playing a full season would matter for them just because he they desperately missed him last year compared based on the other guys that they had. So, yeah, I mean, it's not as if you can see all these this roadmap. You can see this entire roadmap to their defense being much better. You can't. So I have the same sorts of concerns about that defense I had a year ago, even if they added some pieces in the secondary. Yep. I do think the offense has a chance to be much better. I'm curious what the offense is going to look like stylistically. Are they going to are they going to let Carr let it loose a little bit more? Are they and going to they be a little bit more aggressive? Todd Downing is the offensive coordinator now. And I'd like that because I feel like we'll see. You know, Derek Carr is a good quarterback. He's not one of the best few quarterbacks in the league. I, I no. feel like people have thrown him into that group before he deserves well, it. I, mean, I, I think he's just not there yet. I think, I think these guys are on a curve because there just aren't many good quarterbacks who've, who've come. I mean, the, the, the spread quarterback pipeline that has basically existed since, you know, after the 2012 season, I mean, the, the, the 2012 draft class was, was a phenomenon at the time. Obviously there, there's still, we're still seeing that in the league. But in the last four or five years, man, there have not been a lot of good quarterbacks. And so when Derek Carr comes in the league and does what he does, I think people say, okay, well, he's the best of 
his, you know, three or four year draft class here. And so that then he gets sort of graded on a curve. I do believe there is some of that as far as the perception of Derek Carr. There are not a lot of good young quarterbacks. Albert Breer tweeted out over the weekend the number of over 30 quarterbacks. I think it's it's over half the league. And, and that's, that's, yeah. that's sort of unprecedented at this point. They need to find a way. Maybe you'll read about this in ringer.com under my name later this week. But they need to find a way to find the next generation of quarterbacks. And so when a car comes along and looks like the real deal, we, we prop him up. Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely true. But I think that offense is a chance to be good. But again, there aren't that many reasons to believe they'll be considerably better than they were a year ago. You know, it's kind of like Atlanta. So if you don't think the defense is going to take a step forward, then why are we more excited about the Raiders in August of 2016 than we were in 2017 than we were in 2016? And a team kind of in that same vein, I mean, a team that we talk about a lot because everybody does, is the Cowboys. Yep. I mean... (sighs) Is there a reason to think the Cowboys should be better now than they were last year? Uh, definitely not. I mean, the, no. the pass rush not only didn't get better, it got worse because every everybody on the defensive line is is has, has a four-game suspension at this point. The um, Ezekiel Elliott is obviously out for the first six games of the year. I don't know exactly what to expect from Dak Prescott, but I really like Dak Prescott. But, I mean, I just I don't know where the extra oomph is coming from. I don't either. And even if you think Lyle Collins is a more talented right tackle than Doug Free was, he still has his issues. And we're going to see those issues. And he's playing next to Zach Martin for the first time full time. So it just seems like this is a team that in an NFC that probably could be won, could be taken, especially after Seattle and Green Bay at that top tier. They just aren't necessarily the team you'd throw right in there without thinking about it anymore. No. They have too many questions to just say, and eh, yeah, they're better than Atlanta. I- I'm not going to do that. There's no reason for me to do that because, again, they haven't gotten any better. If Even if you think there's going to be a step forward from Prescott, I'm not sure that matters enough to overcome the rest of the deficiencies that this roster has. Totally agree. Totally agree. And, you know, it's not that everything, everything broke right for the Cowboys and the Falcons last year everything's pretty much in neutral for the Falcons this year and everything's breaking wrong for the Cowboys. And I think that really does matter. Yeah. Okay. We're coming up with another question from Twitter and it might be the best one of the entire preseason, Robert. Uh, that's the, I mean, I'm not necessarily going to say that. I mean, we had a lot one. of good ones. It might be, it might be. That's all I'm willing to Wait, concede. Did though. you see the question we got yesterday? I texted it to you. I did see that. It was, I was an writing, amazing but... question. Thanks for thanks for texting back. I appreciate you, Robert. I'm sorry. I was writing. I was texting. We, we, we have I was things texting to do. I was just staring at my phone for the past 12 hours. <laughs> um, it was a question of what, you know, we did the New York versus LA total wins over under last year, last week. And a guy asked, what would you do if Boston were in that equation? Who's going to win more games? The city of Los Angeles and its two teams, the city of New York and its two teams, or Boston? Foxborough, rather. I love that question. And the answer is the Patriots. Yeah, it probably is. The New England area will win more games than either of the coasts, which I'm sure that we need to tell New England, by the way. But let's give them one more thing. All right. If you're like us, you're not so great at planning ahead. I leave everything to the last minute. It's it's a miracle I've ever gotten a hotel room. Yeah, I have no idea that I ever have. Why I ever have. Sometimes you haven't. Yeah, there have been times where I haven't. I I definitely leave everything to the last minute, hotels included. There is good news, though, if you are like us. And it's an awesome app called Hotel Tonight that helps you find amazing hotel deals at the last minute. It may sound counterintuitive, but unlike flights, 
Hotel rates get cheaper at the last minute. Yeah, and Hotel Tonight helps hotels sell their unsold rooms, allowing them to pass those deals on to you. These aren't last resort type places. They're actually cool, top-rated hotels you want to stay in. Yeah, and they have partner hotels in a ton of different countries. So it's not just for work trips, not just for stuff you need to do, but stuff you want to do. Hotel Tonight can help you find a great hotel almost anywhere. It's perfect for a spontaneous getaway or finally going on that trip you've been wanting to take for a while. And Kevin, during the season, we don't know where we have to go all the time. Buddy, it can happen fast, buddy, depending as, on who wins, as, depending on who loses. As we discussed during the training camp tour, I many times had no idea where I was. You know, you have to go drive from Cleveland to Buffalo or whatever. I would just get a hotel maybe like 90 minutes before 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 arriving, basically. And, and, and apps like Hotel Tonight are just incredible, incredible resources. And just behind the curtain a little bit, I mean, the football season is so short that who wins and loses matters in terms of the stories that get done. And you don't know that until Sunday. No. So, I mean, there's a lot of Sunday to Tuesday turnaround for travel. And that's why apps like Hotel Tonight matter. Yep. Even though the app's name is Hotel Tonight, you can book up to a week in advance. All it takes is 10 seconds, just three taps and a swipe. So get in on these killer last minute deals and download the Hotel Tonight app now. All right, Kevin, before we move on, I also want to point out that for over 20 years, DirecTV has been the exclusive home to NFL Sunday Ticket and the only way to get every live game every Sunday. This year, DirecTV has expanded the service. If you live in an apartment or you're an enrolled college student, now you can get Sunday NFL Ticket without a satellite. To see if you are eligible, go online to NFLSundayTicket.tv and stream every NFL Sunday Ticket game this season to follow your favorite team no matter where you live. Use promo code RINGER at checkout to save 15%. Again, that's NFLSundayTicket.tv, promo code RINGER. It's a lifesaver for me. It's a lifesaver for you, Robert. I don't know. We would be watching the damn Rams all the time. Yeah, I don't know what better sponsor there could be for this show than NFL Sunday Ticket. It's not even a sponsor. Ha- They're not even paying us for this. <laughs> we're just talking we, about we're it. We're just doing it by We're choice. just letting you know about it. It is our presenting sponsor, but only because we want it to be. No, exactly. I, I, we are very happy that they are willing to do this because it is such a relevant product to everybody that listens to this show. So again, NFLSundayTicket.tv, promo code RINGER to save 15%. Okay, as a bonus today, we're going to take a Twitter question. Normally, we do several of these, but this one is so meaty, Robert, that we have to take our time with it. David Chinchilla is asking... By the way, David Chinchilla, incredible name. I mean, I don't know if that's his real name, but really like that. Unbelievable. Would there be a situation in which you would trade an entire position group from one team to another and both teams benefit? Robert, go ahead. This is a very cool question. I will say it's a little difficult because... We tie in the identity of these teams so tightly to what position groups are good. You know, so yeah. that's really why it's hard because it's hard to take a good one from one team and a bad one to the other because then they almost no longer they cease to be those teams. But one that I felt like worked for me because it doesn't matter if the Jets are the Jets anymore is that if you took the Patriots wide receivers, so that's the current crop of them right now, Brandon Cooks, Chris Hogan, let's say Danny Amendola. And you traded them to the Jets for the Jets defensive line. So, Muhammad Wilkerson, Sheldon Richardson, Leonard Williams. Both teams are better, right? I, I think both teams would be better. It wouldn't matter if the Jets were because it's all incremental. But I do think both teams would be better when you consider the tight ends on the Patriots, the running backs on the Patriots, and Tom Brady. I have a question. What what happens to the team that gets their position group depleted? Do they just have to go out and, and sign for agents? 
No, what if we just flipped them on that team? Does that make sense? Well, that's a little different. But yeah, yeah. okay. It's, it doesn't matter. Is it, this, is, this is an exercise. This is a thought exercise. I agree with you. Both teams would get better. It would be awesome to see Bill Belichick with that Jets defensive line. What, Belichick should just make that call right now. What, what, if, if you have to throw in some draft picks, obviously, because the Jets defensive line is better than the Patriots Yeah, but that's not receivers. the point. The point is we're trading position groups here. This is like for like. I love it. But I'm talking about like in, in actuality, would Bill Belichick do this and could he pull it off? Because yeah, I think of there's a chance he, of he would. he would do it. Of course he would do it. There, there's this, you know, he loves, he loves de- athletic defensive linemen. Why did he take Vince Wilford? Why is there, I think it was in, uh, it was in Warren Sapp's book that Bill Belichick watched Warren Sapp work out and said something so sexually suggestive about watching the workout and his excitement about it that uh, we cannot talk about it here. Yeah, that's the least surprising thing I've ever heard in my entire life. He is into defensive line play. All right, buddy, what's yours? So I try to do the Texans defensive line going somewhere and it doesn't really fit because with the exception of quarterback and nobody's going to have their quarterback, my initial thought was just send the Texans defensive line to the Cowboys for their quarterback. But then I do you get into Kellen Moore or that new guy. Yeah. Quarterback is tough. That's a tough deal. That's yeah, a tough that deal. Quarterback is I'm tough. not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Um, so for me, I'm sending the Vikings defensive line to the Cowboys for their offensive line. What do you nah, that one's tough for me. Why? I like the Vikings part of that because they have so much talent everywhere else on their defense that it seems like they might be over. They might be able to overcome it. So just so everyone knows we're talking here about Den- uh, Danelle Hunter, Linval Joseph, whoever you want to put a defensive tackle. Um, I guess that, Tom Johnson is yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Tom Johnson and then Everson Griffin. Yeah, that's, that's a, a really good group that's of players. That's a really good group of players. I like Mike Zimmer. I like the rest of that defense. I, you know, obviously they're the heart of that defense, but if you put a really good offensive line with Minnesota, I, I think that they they get one or two wins. But they don't have what they had last year, which is a complete I think inability the Vikings to play get offense. better in that situation. I don't think the Cowboys do. Ooh. That's my problem okay. with that. I okay. feel like the Cowboys offensive line is too good. And again, like we were talking so about, you don't think too tied they, to their success. Okay. You don't think that the Cowboys skill position players could carry them on offense? No, I don't. Okay. Okay. They're, now, they're we're not, not good okay, enough. Can I say, we're not, I, I did not agree to the premise that they would get the Vikings offensive line. They would just get a league average offensive line. Sure. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. But I, I, I don't think that okay. they would be good enough with I, that league I, average I dis- offensive line. I disagree. I think that they have enough talent around it. And then, then you have a defense. If you put the, the Vikings defensive line on the Cowboys, that defense gets real good real fast. I believe in the secondary. I've written it more than maybe people think just because they can jump high. And that's my only, uh, the only thing I care about in football. Um, it's just the ability to jump high and far. It's my number. It's all I care about. That, that that's how I want to judge wins and losses. Just everybody gets together and jumps high. And so, yeah, just combine data. So, um, oh, no. so we wouldn't even do it that week. You would just go to the numbers. Yeah, exactly. It would be like so you uh, just play the game on a computer. Like the, remember the old simulations on like you know the web like ten years ago, sure. where you just play yeah. two games against each other. It would just be that. It, that would be my football. But no, in all seriousness, I do believe in the predictive power of combine data. But that that's neither here nor there. So um, no, I, I I do think that 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 would make both teams better. I really do. All right, David Chinchilla, we would love to spend more time on that. But if we do, we'll be here for like an hour. So we're going to move on to our twenty sixth question. We're going to do our actual Super Bowl predictions later on, just because why wouldn't we do that in the last podcast? Because maybe because I'm terrible at planning, but that's why we have people that help me here. Yep. So instead of that, we're going to talk about it from a more big picture perspective. 
And I wanted to ask you, and this is a question we kicked around a little bit earlier. Which teams do you think could win the Super Bowl? And not only which teams, sure. but how many teams? Yeah. I looked at it as how many teams could win the Super Bowl. And this says a lot about the league in general, um, because you could just say one team and it's the Patriots, but I don't think either of us believe that. I think there's there maybe no. is an argument to be made for that, but it's it's not the coming. Patriots here. got their asses kicked for three and a half quarters last year. And then and then they won the Super Bowl. Yes, but I'm just uh, saying and then they got like, better. And then they got better after that. That's fine, but it's also a, we, we saw a team be better than them for a long time last year. So it, okay. it's and right. that team we thought I picked to be the twenty fifth best team in the league a season ago. Okay. So it's 17 or 18 for me, depending on the Texans. I don't know what to do with the Texans. Ah. Okay, so this might take a second, but let me list mine off for you and see which ones you have that I don't. Because you have more than I do. I yeah. have 15, okay? okay? New England and Pittsburgh, easy. Dallas, even with the question marks, could yep. win it. Yep. The Giants, they're right there for me. I just feel like the defense is good enough to put them in contention, even if I'm worried about Eli. Yep. Philly? Yeah, which is maybe a controversial thing to talk about. Green Bay, Minnesota team. We talked about a bunch. Tennessee, Atlanta. We talked about today. Carolina was a bounce back team for us. Tampa, the Chargers, Oakland, Seattle, Arizona. Okay, a few, a few, a few I want to talk about. I have New Orleans. Wow. Why? Why would you not have New Orleans if they're? We're talking about teams that could win the Super Bowl. You have Drew Brees throwing for five thousand yards. You have a good infrastructure on offense. All you need. And this, we, we t- when we came up with this topic, I, I specifically mentioned New Orleans. All you need is three or four playmakers on defense to change the game. Get I mean, them that's to, how the Saints won their first Super Bowl. Honestly. Get them to league average, and you're there. But they've been so far away from league average. That's my concern there. No, I understand that, but I mean, the the, the Falcons have been we were, were horseshit a couple of years ago. I mean, all it takes is a jump from a couple of guys, and you get to league average. It, it, it happens. It really does happen overnight. One day they're going from giving up thirty five points to giving up nineteen points, and all of a sudden they're winning the Super Bowl. There's not a lot that has to happen on offense for them to win the Super Bowl. The Saints have been thirty second and thirty first in DVOA in previous in the last two seasons, and I believe we're dead last the year before that. So you think that moves they've made this year can no, bring them from that I'm bottom of the barrel that. thing? I'm saying this is a question of who can, can win the Super Bowl. So you, you guys are saying, do you think scenario? they can do this? I do you think, think the Saints could be can. league average on defense? Of course they can. Yeah, of mm, course they can. That's a lot. That's a big ask for me. League average? That's yes. a big ask. That's a huge I, jump. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm saying it's, it is extremely, it isn't within their own possibility because this is the NFL. One of the things I always love about Bill Belichick is that he really does believe in his heart of hearts that every season is completely divorced from the season before it. And, and, and there is some carryover as far as talent, but as far as injury, as far as cohesion, as far as the coaching staff, everything changes. And so I really do believe in the power of just does, flipping a switch. That's how good the players are change. Because yeah, I think the Saints would need that to change. It, I mean, I mean all the players. I, I don't mean, mean like what, one or what, two. What, what if Sheldon Rankins takes an unbelievable jump? I'm not sure Sheldon Rank. Sheldon Rankins could be Aaron Donald on speed, and I don't think it would matter for this defense to it go from 31st if, to league listen, average. He's not. It's not. It's not going to be a Khalil Mack situation where he's a superstar and you know everybody else kind of is kind of mediocre. I'm saying it would take a jump from three or four guys. And you would get there. It can happen. It's the NFL. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm saying it is within the realm <laughs> of possibility. Three or four guys, though. I don't. I, it happens every single freaking year. I, I just think that's a tall order. I understand what you're saying. And I do 
ascribe to the idea that having a really good offense every year is more important because defense ping pongs. But I don't think that there's the writing on the wall that says this team is going to take a step forward, even a small one, let alone a They're huge starting one. two rookies on defense. Yes, and that's the, the kind of thing that they would need. Marshawn Lattimore, Alex Anzalone. I mean, if you, it, what if those guys are both in, impact players? I think Kenny Vaccaro is okay. Von Bell is okay. Uh, and then year, year two of Von Bell, Marshawn Lattimore comes in and plays well. You have Rankins make a huge impact in year two after being hurt. I, I uh, guess I can understand. Uh, Robert Mays just predicted the Saints won the All Super right. Bowl. All right. I, get I guess I get what you're saying. I, I just think it's not as reasonable as some of these other teams. Locked in. Okay. I have another one that, that we can debate because it goes off the news that, that came down this week. I think, I think that it is within the, in the realm of possibility that the Detroit Lions could win the Super Bowl. They would be my number 17. The Lions defense might be worse than the Saints. They were last year. I understand that, but everyone is wor- Everyone is bad on defense in the NFL at this point. It is unbelievable. If you were to look at the numbers last year, and we, I, I, I tried this out in some podcasts last year, there were a number of playoff teams who at the midpoint of the season were as bad on defense as any playoff teams in NFL history. I mean, it, it was incredible how much... But they that, had one of the best, one or two or three best offenses in the league. I understand. And Detroit does not have that upside. But they, they can could. be exciting. They do. They, they absolutely could have that upside. They could have it. that upside. They're not that good. They're not, they are not good enough to be the second, number two offense in DVOA. My, my qualification for if you can win the Super Bowl is you have a good quarterback, you don't have a com- I, I, Jim- how good is Matthew Stafford though? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, he's good. He's he's good. That's that's the word for him. He's good. <sighs> he's not bad. Is he bad? Matthew Stafford's fine. I mean, like he's. I, fine. I think he's good. I like we, the brand of football the Lions play in terms of watching it happen. I don't know how effective it is at winning football games. I, I we 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 study a league in which Joe Flacco won the Super Bowl five years ago. It's a strong point. That's the best point you've made in this entire conversation. <laughs> I mean, it, these things happen. I, I know nobody wants to hear it, but the long and the short of the of the conversation about football is that these things happen. That it's it's a random series of events with kind of vaguely weighted probability. If you have a certain group elements, coach, quarterback, a good general manager who's who's going to get you a couple of impact guys for for low value, whether that's a fifth round, the sixth round, or the waiver wire undrafted free agents. There's certain ingredients that go into it. A lot of it is luck, timing, and injuries. And and so that's why I always pick more teams that could win the Super Bowl. Obviously, we've never done this exercise before, but I pick more teams to win the Super Bowl than maybe most people do because there's always an Atlanta out there. You, As you said, you picked Atlanta to be the 25th best team in the NFL last year. I think you'd put Detroit above that right now. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, no, it's a good point. So is that it? Is you just have two more than me? Is there anybody who's on my list that's not on your list? Um, the Chargers, maybe. Yeah, no, I picked the Chargers because they have Philip Rivers. Yeah. So hey, I Tennessee, think, Carolina, you, hey, Tampa. Hey, what do you think? I had a tough time with this. What do you think of Washington? That was right on the cusp for me. I don't know how good their offense can be this year. You know, without Jackson, without. Uh, Terrell Pryor is pretty damn good. Yeah, I know. I understand that. I, 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 that, I just feel like I think Carson was better than people think. I don't think that sure. offense is going to be as good this year. I, as I, I, I feel like if I'm putting Matthew Stafford on my list of quarterbacks who could possibly win the Super Bowl if everything breaks right, I have to put Kirk Cousins on there as well. So I'm just going to throw him on there. Washington's defense is better than Detroit's. I can say that yeah. definitively. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to throw that on there. 
Okay, and then who's the, uh, who is your first team off? Washington was probably my first team off. Who was yours? Um, oh, I, I it, that's if if Houston's not on there, then Houston. Then it's Houston solely because you're just worried about the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I I yeah. don't trust Bill O'Brien. There's there's a couple things here. Number one, Bill O'Brien seems to actually genuinely like Tom Savage. Uh, but he also has the quickest. Trigger. By the way, well, why do we care what Bill Bryan likes? He, well, he's liked a lot of guys that no, haven't he, worked out. I don't know if you knew that he decides who the quarterback is. Yeah, I understand that, but that doesn't mean that guy's going to be any good. No, I I know that's why I'm not picking them to to, yeah. to make the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, it would be Houston for me. I, I just don't don't really like anything. Um, obviously, I mean, it, hey, if the Colts had a healthy Andrew Luck, he was just completely healthy. He was ready to rock. He was on the cover of ESPN magazine this week. What, where would, what would you do with them? It'd be tough not to put them yeah, in, but I, I do. I would have questions about their defense as well, but solely because they have Andrew Luck. I, I feel like they'd be in that conversation. The other teams that we have here are teams we've talked about before. You know, Tampa and Tennessee are yep. they're everyone's teams du jour. We've talked about Minnesota a lot, or at least I have. We've talked about Philly yeah. a lot, just in the sense that that defense has a chance, in my mind, to be very good. If Wentz takes a step forward, they could be in this conversation as well. So, I mean, I feel like all these are teams we've discussed in the past and are realistically have a shot to get there. Arizona, same kind of deal. You know, the defense has a chance to be really good. You know, if Palmer can be the guy he was down the stretch last year and not who he was over the first half of the season, why not them? So I do think that at la- last year and what Atlanta did definitely pushes us to name more teams. So I feel like this is half the league for both of us, for you more than half the league. And I think that that's what's interesting about this sport and why it's worth watching. Is New England really, really good? Yeah, but they've lost the Super Bowl when they've been the best. That's the craziest part about this. And you, the two best Patriots teams were probably 2007 and 2011. It is. And they lost the Super Bowl those two years. It is going to be great when a team that was on none of our lists makes it <laughs> and wins. The, bear, the, bears, the bears Super Bowl. The Bears. <laughs> bears Browns. All right, bud, that's it. 26 questions down, seven more to go. We'll be back Friday with another batch. Plus, we will have a special guest, the Ringer's own, Danny Kelly. He's back. Is he going to bail on us like everybody else at the Ringer? Uh, yeah, he he's going to, like Mallory, he's going to tell us three times he's coming and then not do it. Again, Danny's going to be here on Friday as we continue our 33 questions. As always, we want to thank you guys for listening to the Ringer NFL Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network, and thank you again to DirecTV. We all know things change. The weather changes. Your mood definitely changes. Based on Cameron Meredith's injury, I know that for a fact from this weekend. So why lock yourself into plans that might change? With Hotel Tonight, you don't have to because you'll get incredible deals on awesome hotels even at the last minute. Booking on Hotel Tonight gives you the freedom and flexibility to play things by year while knowing you'll score a great price and a great place to stay. So download the Hotel Tonight app to find seriously amazing deals now.